fistful of cash. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned into the newest episode of the Fistful of Cash podcast. I am your host, Dale Lippin, here with co-hosts of all co-hosts. So, what's going on, man? Uh, nothing much. Um, you know, as normal, when we record Thursday evenings, I'm sitting here watching the Thursday night game. Carson Wentz seems to be, you know, having his first good game of the year. The Giants look bad. Minus, I mean, we say it every week, minus Saquon Barkley. Um Eagles are up twenty-one to six, getting ready to score again before the half. So this should be uh this is turning into a no contest pretty quick. Yeah, Eli's done after this year. Uh, I mean, he. Lord help him. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past him. If, I mean, it'd be unheard of, with the exception of what's his face from the Bills to just retire mid-season. But goodness gracious, just go ahead and let it go, man. It's a wrap. This is definitely. Uh, if I I would be pleased if he decided that go ahead and say ahead of time that this was going to be his last season. So that way they could just go ahead and start the farewell tour for him. I don't want to see him come back for another year and have it be the Eli Manning swan song kind of deal. Just, just be done. He looks atrocious. It's just, it's a wrap. Uh, the sun has set on his career. It's over with. Uh, and the, like you said, this game is just out of – it's already out of contention. There's there's nothing that's going to happen um, short of Barkley putting the Giants on his back and carrying him with those super thick legs of his uh, back into contention. But that's just not going to happen. So, yeah, this game this game's done. It's a wrap. The, the Giants are done, and the Eagles might be able to use this as like a five-hour energy to – supplement or get over this Super Bowl hangover they got going on. So yeah, it's gonna be tough. Um I actually I'm, I didn't say it on the podcast, which I wish I would have. Um I actually said I didn't think the Eagles would make the playoffs this year. Um it's tough a quarterback coming back from the injury that Carson Wentz came back from and it you know it limits his mobility and that was one of his big strengths. Not that he's not a good quarterback, but uh, it doesn't help that J.J. is on the IR now and they're looking at Smallwood and Clement in their backfield. I know there's talks of them making moves for Le'Veon Bell. There's talks of them making moves for David Johnson. If they don't do one of those and people can just zero in on Wentz and Alshon and uh, Nelson Aguilar, I think it's going to be a tough road for the Eagles. Um, I think we might be watching two teams that will be at home um, come the beginning of January. So we've had, we've been spoiled with some good Thursday night games, some high level teams on Thursday night so far this year, which is a rarity. Um, obviously when they scheduled this, it looked like it was going to be a good game because everybody expect the giants to bounce back. But yeah, Eli's just, he's the kryptonite of this team. It's really bad. Um, I'll say it now. The giants need to go get my boy, Justin Herbert in the draft. Um, I think I'd be a great fit for them. I think he would really mesh well with Barkley. His ability to move in the pocket will give Odell time to get open. 
I think Justin Herbert would be a good fit for the Giants. So we'll come back to this episode in about 10 months when they draft him. I'm okay with that. Uh, <laughs> the thing is with this is just, you know, the the Giants have no excuse offensively outside of Eli in that they should be able to produce massive numbers between their receiving core and, and obviously with Saquon. So it's a glaring deficiency that everybody can see. And I, you know, for however intelligent or unintelligent Eli may or may not be, he has to know that he is a gigantic issue, if not the issue that's keeping this team from being productive and successful. And hopefully he can see that. Uh, you know, at some point in time this year or has enough people in his life that love him enough to tell him, this is it, let's hang those cleats up. But enough of that, enough of bashing on Eli. I'm with you. I don't, I'm not sure that either one of these teams are going to make the playoffs. But let's talk about an NFL team that is going to make the playoffs in a game that you and I both agree on. Jags versus Dallas. Jags coming in at minus three. I like that line a lot, and from what I understand, so do you. Tell tell me why. Yeah, so don't like don't let last don't let last week change your mind on the Jaguars. Um, you, they had the unfortunate pleasure of having to play Patrick Mahomes in this blazing hot Kansas City offense. Um, I think that Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boye are really going to take that uh, that ass beating to heart. Um, I think they bounce back and they're going up against Dak Prescott, who is an extremely indecisive, inaccurate, um, just below average quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I'm going to throw a trend at you. The um, teams that are coming off a seven point loss are nine and zero this year against the team that has a losing record against the spread. So Dallas losing record against the spread. Jaguars coming off a seven-point loss. Um, you can take these analytics how you want. I know I throw them out there every so often, but this is a game of sports betting. Trends tell the story. I get, you know, eyeball test is important as well. And if you are an eyeball test kind of guy, like I said, we're looking at the scariest defense in the NFL going up against an extremely inaccurate quarterback and a team that doesn't use – their best asset in Ezekiel Elliott the way that they should. This offense should be ran through Zeke. Every play should start out as an option to get Zeke the ball either via handoff or a little dump pass out of the backfield. You've got to get this guy involved. They aren't doing so. Their receiving core is not good. Dak is not good. And their defense hasn't looked great. I think Blake Bortles does whatever he needs, you know, just enough to get the job done here. The defense is going to win this football game. I know it's in Dallas, whatever, in Jerry World. Jalen Ramsey called out Jerry Jones in the offseason, called out Dak Prescott. He's going to be all pumped up, ready to go. He's going to shut down whatever receiver he's on, let it be Michael Gallup or, you know, Cole Beasley or whatever whatever receiver they have on that Dallas roster. They don't – they're not good – Jags defense will manhandle this Dallas offense. And I think they win this game with ease. Jags minus three is my play. 
I'm with you. I also think that this will be the nail in Jason Garrett's coffin. He will. I, I don't see him making the Pro Bowl break. Uh, not the Pro Bowl break. That's not what I meant to say. I don't think that Jason Garrett makes midway through the season. And I think that this game will be the one that essentially, like I said, puts the nail in the coffin. I think he's done after this game because they're the Jags are going to go in and they're going to lay a beat down of epic proportions on Dallas in Dallas. It's just, it's a wrap after this. I think that Garrett's done. I'm with you. They don't use their best weapon in Zeke. Uh, Zeke is looking anorexic at this point because they will not let Zeke eat. It's a wrap. Jags are going to put down a beating for the ages against Dallas in Dallas. But transitioning away from beatdowns, a team that got beat down last week is in a big bounce back spot this week against a team that has been struggling to find its footing ever since their rabbit was taken out of the proverbial hat and Fitzmagic has ended. You have Atlanta minus three against Tampa. What do you like? So, like you said, Tampa is spiraling in the wrong direction. Um, I know Atlanta's defense is not good, but when I say Jameis Winston is being thrown to the Wolves, I mean that Jameis Winston is being thrown out there against an Atlanta team that is in an absolute must-win game if they want any chance of making the playoffs this year. Atlanta is a good football team. They've had some tough opponents and some really bad breaks. Um, Mitchell Trubisky just torched this Bucks defense for six touchdowns. What do you think Matt Ryan's going to be able to do? The offense struggled last week against the Steelers. I am sure that they're in, you know, in practice, making up a game plan. If this offense doesn't bounce back, along with Jason Garrett, I think Steve Sarkeesian is going to be without a job because Kyle Shanahan was in there with Atlanta when they went to the Super Bowl. They put up ridiculous numbers all year long. They bring in Sark, who's supposed to be an offensive-minded genius, and they've done nothing but sputter out. I think Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, a healthy Devonta Freeman, Tevin Coleman, who's angry that he's losing touches. I think when he does touch the ball, he's going to go off. This Bucks defense is bad. They've done nothing but let up points. Luckily, Fitzmagic was, Fitz, Fitzmagic was there the first two games to put up enough points to win them those games. Um, I think Atlanta comes out firing on all cylinders at home and gets this win. I think the three points will be manageable for them. And another stat for you, Tampa Bay is 3-7-1 and one against the spread in their last 11 games on the road. Um, I, everything points towards Atlanta covering here. I don't think it'll be a problem for them. I don't think so either. Like I said, they're on a big bounce back spot after the beatdown that Pittsburgh put on them. And they are in desperation mode. They're at the edge of the cliff. They're clawing. They're trying to get back over onto solid ground and salvage this season some way, shape, or form. They have to get their footing on solid ground. And I think a nice, healthy W in front of the Atlanta faithful is going to be the 
turning point that they need, or at least the breath uh, of fresh air, you know, the the breaking of the waterboarding, if you will, that's been happening so far, man, let that water stop flowing. It's been bad. Atlanta's had, like you said, they've had some bad beats. They've had some bad luck and they've had a hell of a schedule. And they, uh, I think that they're going to, to, to write this thing and get their footing back on solid ground against Tampa. Not that Tampa at this point is a really quality win, but they need a win. And when you need a win as bad as Atlanta does, you'll take it wherever you can get it. So I think that I think Atlanta gets this thing done in front of the home crowd for sure. Right. Atlanta's had to play, you know, they've had to play Carolina, who they got the win against. They lost in overtime to the Saints, lost last second to the Bengals. Had to play the Steelers, which regardless of record, we all know the Steelers are a legit football team. There's no doubt about it. They have too many weapons. They are a good football team. They'll be in the playoffs. And they lost to the Eagles on the opening game, which should have won that game. They just targeted Julio Jones like he was the only receiver on the roster, and it backfired tremendously. So the Eagles, the Panthers, the Saints, the Bengals, and the Steelers, that's not the you know that's not the easiest five-game start to a season by any means. Um, they do have the Buccaneers, the Giants, the Redskins, the Browns, the Cowboys as their next five games, all extremely winnable games. There's no doubt about that. So we could see the one and four Falcons end up being, you know, five and or six and four, you know, come week, come week 11. So, yeah, I'm not going to count them out just yet because I, we do know the talent they have. Yes. Their defense is beat up. Um, they lost Ricardo Allen. They lost Deion Jones. They lost Keon O'Neal. Um, basically, the only defensive player they have left is Vic Beasley, who actually got banged up last week but came back. Um, but when you lose your three best defensive players, yeah, it's tough. They'll have guys step up. I believe in Dan Quinn. I believe in Matt Ryan. Um, I Like I said, I'm not giving up on the Falcons just yet. I like Atlanta minus three against the Buccaneers. That's all I've got for NFL. All right. Well, we're in a weird spot, guys, because uh, as far as UFC goes, we don't have anything this week or next week. What we do have this week, though, is we have two Bellator cards, one on Friday and one on Saturday. They're also on this new network, the Paramount Network and DAZN, D-A-Z-N. So that's a streaming service. So if you don't subscribe to it, it can be a little bit difficult to see these fights. I know that there's certain websites, MMA outlets that will show them because they're in you know partnership with the zone. But there is fights available for you this weekend. Then next weekend, we sort of hit the Valley of Dry Bones. There's not much of anything at all. That being said, with this weekend upcoming up, uh, this weekend coming up. Friday night, 9 o'clock, main event. It's part of the Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix. Matt Mitrione versus Ryan Bader. Ryan Bader obviously being Bellator's light heavyweight champ moving up. Matt Mitrione versus Ryan Bader should be a good fight. There's also big country Roy Nelson versus an MMA legend, Sergey Karatanov. That's going to be a good fight as well. I don't like any of these fights enough to sort of project any wagering on them i'm just going to take the downtime take the weekend and just enjoy some good old-fashioned punch face then saturday night things like i said because bellator is doing things a little bit different saturday night there's a card as well that one strikes a little bit more with the casual mma fans because you've got a lot more names on there that's fedor versus chael sonnen as the main event which is pretty interesting as far as heavyweight fights go 
Uh, Saeed Awad is fighting Benson Henderson. Benson Henderson was the longtime UFC lightweight champ. Then you've got Timothy Johnson, who just came over from the UFC. He's fighting Czech Congo in what could either be a very exciting and short or very long, super boring heavyweight fight. You never know with Czech Congo. Um, and then you have the return of Alexander Shlomenko versus Anatoly Tokov. Again, that's a good fight, too. My opinion, Saturday's card is a better card than Friday's top to bottom. Both of them are going to be interesting, and both of them should, should, should satiate your appetite for fighting. But sticking with that Bellator theme, we promised last week or no, I'm sorry, on Tuesday that we were going to have a big show for you guys this week. And what we have is something that I think that you guys are going to be into. I was definitely, I definitely had a good time with this. We have an interview with the former Bellator light heavyweight title challenger and newest Bellator heavyweight, Linton the Swarm Vassell. And this guy has been helping Mitrione get ready for his shot against uh, Ryan Bader. He's been training with Vulcan Ozdemir going into October 27th headlining card uh, in Mockton, Canada, where Vulcan is taking on Anthony Smith. So Vassell is a veteran in the game. He's been around for a long time. He's challenged for world titles. He's been a world champion in other organizations. This guy was an absolute treat to talk to. And I think you guys are really going to dig this interview. And hopefully, you know, you get a little bit more insight as into the life of a fighter, weight cutting, diet, preparation, all of these things. That's sort of what the tone of our conversation was. Keep in mind that this interview was recorded prior to UFC 229. So not knowing when we were actually going to be able to get that, uh, into you know get it, it folded in we wanted to uh, I wanted to get some fight picks off of him and then we'll go uh, you know we'll sort of transition away from the fight picks back to how we were with Shorty Torres asking like what to look for in fighters and stuff like that we do have some college picks that we want to get to real quick before we get to the interview, but I wanted to touch base with you guys, let you know we do have an interview. I didn't forget that I told you we had something special coming up. We're going to rifle through these college picks real quick, and then we'll get to the interview with Linton, the Swarm Vassell. So, Soup, all that being said, housekeeping work now done. We've got a you know pretty exciting slate of college games coming up. We're not Like I said, we don't have MMA fights that we're covering, so we're actually going to go three college picks on this game Let's go with the hometown game. We got Pitt versus Notre Dame. The over is coming in at 54. What do you like about that? Okay. So, yeah, like you said, we're going uh, the over in this Notre Dame-Pitt game at 54. <clears throat> um, since Ian Book took over three weeks ago, Notre Dame's averaging 45.5 points per game. He'll be going up against a Pitt defense that has allowed 43.5 points per game in the same stretch. Put those two numbers, you're looking at forty or you know, you're looking at 89 points. Um, I don't think there's going to be 89 points scored in this game, but I do think the 54 is kind of low. Um, on the other side of the ball, Notre Dame's defense, who started out stellar, does not look as amazing. They're still good, but they don't look as amazing. Um, they're letting up somewhere around 25, 26 points per game in the last three games, while Pitt's offense is scoring somewhere between 30 and 31. Um, 
So all these numbers, even if you take Notre Dame's defense at 26 points per game and Pitt at 30 points per game scoring, you're looking at 56. So no matter how, no matter how you look at this game, you're looking at more than 54 points. Um, Pitt's defense sucks. Ian Book is just taking that Notre Dame offense to a different level. Um, you know, I'm not going to pick the spread on this because it is at 21 points, and that's a lot of points. Um, and Notre Dame and Pitt is one of those unofficial rivalries, I guess you could say. I know Pitt fans, Pitt fans hate three teams in this order. It's Penn State, West Virginia, and Notre Dame. It's as simple as that. I know Pitt players hate Notre Dame. I don't know if Notre Dame hates Pitt as much because they're not, you know, it's more of like a big brother kind of thing. Um, but I like Notre Dame to put up enough points on this pit defense to cover this over of 54. I don't think it's going to be, I don't think we're going to have to wait till the final possession to hit this over in this game. I'm with you. I'll say two things about this in, in regards to Notre Dame thinking about Pitt that wolves do not concern themselves with the opinions of sheep and that I expect Notre Dame to hang a huge number on Pitt. I like this over at 54. So going from where you're at to where I'm at, Texas A&M versus South Carolina. Uh, Texas A&M coming in at minus two and a half points. Yeah, um, I'm, we're taking A&M in this game to cover. Um, A&M was able to hold Alabama to 109 yards on the ground, and they held Clemson to 115 yards on the ground. They are four and two, but no other team in the nation has played two top four teams like A&M had to. Um, they have one of the best defensive lines in the country. They only let up 70 yards to Kentucky and Benny Snell. Um, they handed Kentucky their first loss this season last week. South Carolina is getting Jake Bentley back, but he's going to have to carry the Gamecocks in his first game back. Um, the downfall of A&M here, I'm going to give you a little counterbalance. Kellen Munn has throw, thrown five picks in his last three games. But like I said, you're going up against Kentucky, you're going up against Bama, and you're going up up against Clemson. These are three top 15 teams, um, all good defenses. But I think this just A&M, like you like to say, this is a bounce back spot for them. They, you know, I get they're coming off a win, but they're looking to make a statement and you know solidify themselves as a top five team in the SEC. I think this defense and I think Kellen Mond at quarterback will have enough to, um, I don't want to say manhandle, but I think they win this game in comfortable fashion. I like A&M minus two and a half versus the Gamecocks. Another thing, um, away from analytics, eyeball test, you're looking at Jimbo Fisher versus Will Muschamp. Um, Give me Jimbo Fisher all day, every day. Will Muschamp's a joke. He was a joke at Florida. He's a joke at South Carolina. Jimbo's going to come out with a game plan. A&M covers this two and a half points. Yeah, I think this is a statement game for A&M. You know, they got the big win and, you know, normally this could be a bounce back or you could even view it as a letdown because they, you know, they, like you said, they handed Kentucky their first loss. I think A&M though is using this game as a platform, as a statement to say to the rest of the teams in the SEC, yeah, we may have two losses, but you better be ready come end of season because you know they're going they're going to look to play every they're playing every game from here on out as if it is an absolute must win. Now I get it it's college football almost every game is absolute must win 
But A&M says, look at our schedule, look at our losses, look at where we're at, look at how we play people and expect a fight every time you see us. And I just do not think that South Carolina is going to be able to keep up with them. I like this A&M line at minus two and a half. I think that they're going to win. I think they'll cover that. So that being said, another game, you know, that we were interested in that involve. I know we give them a lot of airtime, if you will, on this show, or at least we have as of recently, Florida's coming in at minus seven versus Vandy, but we're suggesting you buy the half point, bring it down to six and a half, right? Yes. Yeah. They so you got Florida. Go ahead. They um we went against Florida last week with the LSU. And in the notes I said, you know, Florida is known for their defense. It's what Florida does. They've had quarterback issues ever since Tebow. They're known for their defense. And that's what happened. Their defense absolutely shut LSU down. A huge pick six um, in the fourth quarter to solidify that game and finish off LSU. Um, I think this is a simple game. Um, Vanderbilt's quarterback, Shermer, has been shaky against Florida ever since you know he started his collegiate career um going back to his sophomore year when he played florida 36 percent completion percentage uh his junior year 45 percent completion percentage these were both losses that came by uh, at seven points or more florida minus six and a half Shermer's never kept it within seven points of florida florida may have the best secondary in the nation and Vanderbilt has absolutely no no run game and will have to throw the ball to win this game. You don't want to have to throw the ball against, you know, arguably the best secondary in the nation. That's not a that's not a key. That's not like when you're sitting down in the locker room with your guys and you're pointing out things that you might, you know, might have the advantage at. Vanderbilt's coach is not going to be like, "Listen guys, we're going to be able to throw the ball on them and that's what we have to do to win." No, that's not going to happen. Florida's too good. Florida has Georgia coming up in two weeks. Um, a lot of the time you would think that teams, like they may look past this game and think, okay, we've got the biggest cocktail party. We've got it coming up. This is going to be the battle for the SEC East. If we can pull out the win against Georgia, we'll be in first in the SEC East. But without a win here and arguably a win in convincing fashion, that Georgia game is nothing more than just your typical rivalry game on a Saturday. That Georgia game is going to mean nothing if Florida can't beat Vanderbilt in this game. So I like um, I like Dan Mullins to have his guys ready. I think that defense comes out guns blazing. I think they can handle Vanderbilt's pass game. Um, I think the six and a half will be an easy cover for them here. I hope so. And like I said, this is going to come out on Friday. So if it's not already at six and a half and it, you're looking at a line, it says seven Buy that half point, bring it down. That wraps up free college picks, free NFL picks. If you want more picks, guys, navigate over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash fistful of cash. Also follow us on all of our social media accounts. Like I said, we pride ourselves in honesty and transparency at the end of every weekend. We post all of our winning slips as well as all of our losing slips. 
It's also the most up-to-date way, uh, or the, rather the best way to stay up-to-date with all the things that we've got going on with the podcast. I will say this ahead of time. We've got more guests, more big things coming up. I like playing the whole uh, surprise game, so I'm going to keep doing that for the time being until you guys get to the point where we're, you know, we can't, just can't bear to hold it in anymore. Then we'll start telling you who's going to be on ahead of time, but we like surprising you. Like I said, we've got interview with Bellator heavyweight Linton, the Swarm Vassell coming up. That is what we've got going on as far as the rest of the episode goes. want you guys to go ahead and stick around, listen to this interview, really think you're going to enjoy it, and then we'll touch base with you guys here on the other side of the interview. One quick side note. Um, we did two NFL games and three college games on the podcast. There will be three NFL games and two college games on the Patreon page. Um, I don't know if I covered this on Tuesday, but anybody who, you know, I know that we went 0-4 in NFL last week. Anybody who can provide me proof with their slips that they played all four of those NFL games, send it to our Instagram, DM us, DM us on Twitter, send it to our email, whatever you need to do. Provide me with proof that you went that you played all four of those games, and I will respond with a pick for every single NFL game this weekend. Um, I know I've already we've already spoke with one of our listeners directly on Instagram about this. Um, I would like if you can, you know, provide me with those slips and proof by the end of Friday, so I can get everything together and get it out to you. Um, in time for you to get to the books and make your plays. And you might say, why would I want all of your picks when you went 0-4 last week? We are a winning record on football, even after an 0-4 week. It was a down week. This is my way of apologizing. I will give a pick for every single game. So get at us on Instagram, Twitter, email, do what you need to do. Show me that you played those picks and uh, we'll send uh, we'll send a bunch of picks your way. So that's all I've got for NFL and college this week. Yeah, our record's always in the, the show notes. So if if anybody that this is your second week or your second show listening and you're like, oh, man, these guys had an off week. Why would I want more? Like Soup said, just check our record. It's an anomaly. It doesn't happen. All right, guys, here it is, our interview. Linton, the Swarm, Vassell. Guys, you are tuned in to the newest episode of the Fistful of Cash podcast. As you know already, I am your host, Dale Livin, and I have a special guest for us today, Linton, the Swarm Vassell, Bellator veteran, former light heavyweight challenger, and the newest heavyweight addition to the Bellator roster. Linton, what is going on, man? How are you? What's good? What's good? I'm nice, man. I'm just living, living the good life right now, just waiting for Bellator to actually, you know, Pick up the yeah. phone and tell me what date I'm fighting and who. So yeah, I mean, um, for me, training's going well. Just, just waiting on on a date and opponent. Yeah, I mean that's really. I mean that was going to be the first question I asked you. So I'm glad you said it. I mean, what is on the schedule with the heavyweight Grand Prix going on? Are you an alternate? Or are you just waiting in the in the wings? What's going on? I mean, have they indicated anything to you one way or the other? Um, I'm, I'm not an alternate. I did ask to be an alternate. Um, when I was still fighting at light heavyweight, sorry. <clears throat> um, and they didn't, they didn't come back to me with anything. So from what I know, I'm not an alternate. Um, yeah, they said to me, I should be fighting in December. So we'll see. 
Um, that, that's what I'm looking at December as well, waiting for an opponent. So as soon as they've got, you know, an actual date fixed on the opponent, I'm, I'm good to go because I've been training pretty much since since June. You know, right. I've had a few holidays here and there, but I've been I've been training, staying in shape, helping of the teammates get ready. So I'm just waiting waiting for myself now. I mean, not to not to put you on the spot or you know create controversy. Do you have your eyes set on anybody, or are you just ready to smash? Because I'm seeing you on Instagram, man. You look gigantic right now. I mean, <laughs> thank you. I'm just ready <laughs> to yeah to smash, man. Seriously. I, I, I don't care who, who I'm fighting. I just want to get in there and and get back on it because um, I feel like my last two, but last two fights, they're big fights, but I don't like losing. So right. you know, obviously it doesn't sit well with me. So I just want to get back in there now. I'm, I'm I'm fit, healthy, stronger, bigger than before. So do you know what I'm looking forward to? Waking up. Way in day and <laughs> eating and drinking before I get on the scale. Right. None of that cutting weight all that week. None of that waking up with a dry mouth and a hungry belly. My belly will be full and my mouth would be fully, <laughs> I gotta say, fully, fully, fully hydrated. Right, right. No, fully, fully hydrated. Well, you're a massive white heavyweight to begin with. I mean, what do you walk around at? Six four, six five. You're a big guy. Six man. four, and right. I was, I was, stay, I was like trying to keep my weight down to about two thirty. So now I'm like two forty five. Right, and you're <laughs> you're rock solid two forty five. Um, yeah. So you know, I'm I'm good, man. Going back to what you're saying about living your best life, man. I mean, it looks like, at least online anyway, you're you're someplace tropical, and you know, you're saying you're in Florida. So, where yeah. are you training at right now? Who are you helping out? What's going on? I mean, you know. Yes. So I'm at Hard Knock Three Six Five. Okay. Um, in, in in South Florida, it's Henry Henry Hoof's gym. Um, so yeah, just been helping the boys boys get ready. Um, Steve Mary just fought on um, Bellator. He's is the new new um, heavyweight edition. Right. six for eight um so he he's obviously you know been here um i'm get, getting him ready for his fight obviously thought he won so you know that that was that was good um but he actually got the win yeah after um after a hard hard training camp um we've got another guy um ong lang sang he fights for one fc and he's getting ready for his fight so i've been helping him get ready a little bit also so yeah, a few of the few of the boys got big fights coming up. We'll have big fights, so it's it's nice to help people, but it's also nice to you know be in there yourself and doing it. Yeah, well, I mean, speaking of fights, I imagine one that I mean really has to have your interest more than else is the you know Bader versus Mitrione. Uh, you know, obviously yes. with your fight with yes. Bader and then where you're training now with Mitrione. I mean, what's you got a prediction on that fight? I mean, obviously, you, I mean, you kind of sort of have to go. Of course, direction. yeah. I, I, again, again, Mitro is my boy, um, teammate. I've been, help, been helping him get ready also. Um, you know, but it does come down to who can actually um, pose their will. We all know Bader is going to want to take him down. Matt knows that. He's been practicing and working uh, on a lot of, obviously, takedown defences. Um, but I feel like if it stays standing, then I feel like Matt, Matt will knock him out. So it right. really does depend um, on who can oppose their will. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be a good fight. 
Um, see, obviously, my money's on Matt. You know, I, w- I want Matt to win. You know, he's, right. he's, he's my boy, so I've got to support the cause. Well, uh, let me ask you about a fight that uh, was a guilty pleasure of mine, and I, I'm just based off location alone. I know that I know that it was probably one of the you know the bigger nights in your career. Your submission win over Liam McGeary. Um, yeah. Dude, you choking him with that arm triangle was just – I don't know what it is about him. And, you know, I mean, all respect to Liam McGeary, but there's something about his face that seems punchable to me. Seeing you choke him out <laughs> like that was just fantastic to me. For whatever – you know, I, like, again, I don't know the guy. I'm sure he's a, I'm sure he's a stand-up guy, everything. He's a good guy. He's a good yeah, guy. But yeah, but something about that, you know, just uh, – maybe it's just the way he looks. I don't know, but – I guess the setting with that being in London and, you, you know, yeah, you, you sync that thing up, man, and it was just, ooh, I could see the squeeze on him. I mean, that had to be a great, great victory for you. It was. It was. Cause, uh, again, Liam, Liam's a top guy. Again, he's a great fighter. He was um, unbeaten for for a long time. Won, won the, you know, former Bellator lightweight champion, and he'd only lost to Phil Davis at the time. So... You know, I knew in my head I could beat him and I could I could finish him. So to actually, you know, get the win, but to get the finish was that that much sweeter. Um, so yeah, I, I was obviously happy with myself to get the to be the first guy to actually finish him. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a great fight. We're still we're still friends. You know, it was business at the end right. of the day. Um, there's probably going to be a, a um, round two, but again, it won't be a light heavyweight, so he'll have to. Bump up, put some size on if you want to have that rematch. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to go ahead and say now that's you know you've been with you putting on the the size that you've been putting on at heavyweight, he's going to have to bump up for sure. Yeah, I, mean, I ain't going back down never again. Yeah, you know, I mean, what do you, I mean, what have you been doing? Just putting in time in the gym, or what's going on? I mean, you got a nutritionist that you're working with. How are you, you know, elevating yourself physically to that next level to to deal with these these big guys that are you know coming up. I mean, that's, that's a big size difference, uh, at least initially. Yeah. So, so. so before, when I was um, fighting like heavyweight, I wouldn't lift heavy. Um, so now I'm, I'm lifting heavy and I'm lifting two, sometimes three times a week. Um, where before I was just doing once a week. Right. Um, and then the conditioning. So now we're doing well, say two times a week uh, and then the third one, it will be a condition. So I've just upped it a little bit um, and it's lifting a little, little bit more heavier where before, if I would try and lift heavy, my back might, might pull out or I might hurt my, my knee or my ankle. I was always getting injured when I was, I felt like when I was the lighter weight. Now, I, I'm, again, I'm eating what I like. Um, I'm still eating clean, but I'm eating whatever I like also on top of that as well. So right. I feel like it it, it, it was just, me me dieting and doing a lot of cardio that was keeping that weight down. Now, you know, I'm, I'm eating quite much double what I was eating before and just lifting um, heavier. So I'm, I'm able to keep that size on now. I, have, I haven't got to try and diet every day or every week and right. watch what I eat. So um, I feel like the, the weight is just staying on this time than just falling off where before I'd, I'd be watching what I was eating. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that makes sense. And, you know, I'm, I, the other thing, too, is, you know, I'm, I mean this in the nicest way possible. You know, you're, you and I are the same age, so it's not like uh, you're getting any younger. 
So, yeah, no, no. I, again, that's another reason why I, I decided to make the move. Right. I, I've had two, two, two world title fights, you know, at light heavyweight. Um, some people haven't, haven't even had one. Um, so I feel like, you know, I, I, I did what I could at light heavyweight. It didn't go my way. So now it's time to, to bump up. And I, and I do feel like the heavyweights have a longer, um, a long, longer career as well. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, you see that a lot. I mean, especially, you know, some of these older heavyweights, like you're saying, they, they, you know, there's a, there's an ebb and flow to their career where they may be, you know, young, yeah. blazing, younger, then fall off in the middle, and then they have that resurgence at the end. Cause, yeah. Well, well I'm, not, I'm, not looking to, I'm not looking to fight, like, into my 50s, but right. look at Randy. Randy was smashing it still. Yeah. No, you know, he, he right. fought... He, he he was like, oh, I don't want to cut weight in the morning, and just started fighting heavyweight. And he was fight. How old did he fight Phil? So like forty eight or something? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. forty seven, forty eight, and something wild. Yeah. Uh-huh. And age, I wouldn't even, fight anybody at. <laughs> even if I said I was going to fight till then, I've still got a good like twelve years left in. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's mad. Yeah, that's mad. Yeah, that's crazy. So, but you know, um, you know, obviously I'm not planning to fight that long. Um, but yeah, I know I've got a long career, a long career ahead of me still. So um, I'm just good to go now. Well, that's good. I mean, listen, I I like the idea of you going to heavyweight again. Like I said, with a guy your size, you're one of like the elder statesmen, uh, if you will, of Bellator. So. I can't imagine. I mean, is it surprising to you seeing these guys from other organizations choosing to come to Bellator over staying where they were at or going someplace new? Uh, I mean, because you've been there for a long time. Has the culture changed or has it always been great? You know, what's the what's kept you there that long? I mean, because you've been at Bellator since, what, like 2012, 2013, something like that? It's been a long time. Um, 14, 14, I started. End of 2014, yeah. Okay. So, okay. So for me, um, I, they offered me a, a good, a good um, way, so I went. Um, and obviously, like you know, it was it was a nice, nice organization to to start off on as well. Um, had had good things, um, but yeah, I, I feel like it's, it's good for all the other you know fighters to come over because one, they get they're getting paid more. Two, it makes bigger fights for us, you know. Um, and and three, they they pay well. So right. I'm not, not going to I'm not going to go somewhere else and they, and they, and if they pay me the you know pay pay me more and vice right. versa you know what I mean you're not going to stay somewhere and do the same job for less yeah for sure why would you I mean that that doesn't and see that's the thing is that what I don't understand I think sometimes fighters get a bad rap with stuff like this is that you know you're almost acting as if an independent like an independent contractor if you're going to perform a service. You deserve to get paid what that service is worth. And if you're going to a show and putting on a show and they're making that much money off you, you should be seeing some of that in return. So I don't fault anybody for going where yeah. the money is, regardless of exactly. initials or name. So I'm all yeah, Yeah. And a lot of people do ask me, are you ever going to go UFC? Are you ever going to go? And I, and, I, and I tell them, like to everyone else, at the end of the day, I'm happy where I'm at. People are coming from UFC or right. whatever. And they're coming to Bellator. You know what yep. I mean? Bellator are, are, paying, are paying people. So if you're going to get paid your worth and more, why, why not? Not being funny. Again, we're not in this business forever. You know what I'm saying? We get punched in the face for a living. It's not nice. 
but we want to get paid for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me ask, I'm, I'm, you've been super generous with your time. I'm not going to keep you much longer. Um, you know, obviously this is a big fight weekend. Any interest in what's going on this weekend as far as fights go? Uh, I'd love to of hear course. your take. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, obviously, right. you know, Connor's a showman. Connor's a showman, you know. You love him or you hate him. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward. It's been a big build-up for this fight. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm 50-50. I feel like if Connor can land heavy on him, he's going to knock him out. But if Khabib takes him down, I feel like it's going to be a very bad night. And, um, you know, he's just going to get raped. Yep. Raped on the floor. Um, so they're on 50-50. Whoever can oppose their will first, uh, I feel like it's gonna, it's gonna win. I don't think it's gonna be back and forth. I don't think so either. I think no. Connor's dangerous for three minutes, and then after that first three minutes are done, one He gasses. Yeah. 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 And if Khabib gets out, oh, <laughs> Khabib wrestles bears for God's sake. I know. Like, <laughs> why did he even, why did he say that in the, in the press conference? Right. No, you're absolutely right. That. Wish I could write some of his stuff for him. Um, and then there's um, Ferguson and Pettis. That's going to be a great fight. I, f- I feel that um, Ferguson's just a beast right now, and I feel like Ferguson's going to win that. Um, even knockout or submission. Oh, man. I don't know. See, look, him, he's coming off that big knee injury, and then yes, he, he, is, he, he carries is. his hands so low. Like, yes. But the thing is, he's, he's wild, but yes. aggressive. Right, and and he's he's thick on the ground as well, and I feel like he's just, you know, he's been been unstoppable right now. But again, he's just come off his injury, so yeah, obviously that that may pay a little factor. But I'm still going to pick Berg Ferguson to win this. I like. I feel that. like this has been a bit of up and down lately. Okay, well let me ask you this one. This will be my this will be my last prediction. I'm going to request from you. You're a heavyweight now. We got a big heavyweight matchup. Derek Lewis, Alexander Volkov. Who do you like in that fight? Yes, right. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm going for the Black Beast. I am too. I, I yeah, I'm going for the Black Black Beast. I feel like um, Volkov bit bit too tall, and um, I find that Beast Beast were not taking him down. I think it's going to be one of those things where after the – did you watch the Derek Lewis-Francis uh, Ngannou fight? I missed it, but I heard it was horrible. You didn't miss anything. Yeah, you didn't miss anything. No, I heard, yeah. I did hear the bad, bad reviews. Yeah. We've had better back and forth than they've had. So, um, <laughs> than they did in this fight. It was terrible. Um, that being said, I think I think Derek Lewis is just going to come out. I don't think he even trained for a three-round fight in the sense that he's just <laughs> He's got to come yeah. out and make a statement. I mean, he's got to. Eat. That's one you want to immediately run back. I mean, it's, cool. it's, it's, yeah. it was so bad. So I like I like your pick for that one too. Um, yeah. It's going to be a good night. It's going to be a good night fight. Oh, for sure, absolutely. I look forward to it. Uh, closing up real quick. Um, I did notice that you you know you are attached to you know a couple different organizations and stuff like that. Anything that you're involved in that listeners can contribute to or anything like that any causes or anything like that you're supporting you just want to push people in that direction yeah of course um um so obviously i'd like to big shout out to my sponsors first so muscle farm um big shout out to them the 86ers um vassell's beauty headblade um big big shout out to them um, I do, um, I'm an ambassador for fighting for autism, 
So you can follow them on my page. I said I do have like um, MMA bouts, but this okay. is over in, in the UK. So you can always follow them and go and check check out their their, their MMA shows. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. Thank you for everyone that follows me, um, fans, family members. Love love you all, friends, family. <laughs> thank you everyone for the support. As far as your uh, as far as your sponsors go, do you have a personalized like promo code or anything like that that you know they help track, you know, uh, like CP like cost per acquisition or anything like that? You got like a um, so I'll, I'll so I do I do actually yes. So you can actually on uh, Muscle Farm it's Vassel no, it's, it's Vassel sorry it's L Vassel twenty and you can okay. get twenty percent off that. And um, with Hayabusa, I do have a link on my page. Um, and w- when I put stories up, you can just swipe up and you can get 10% off. There's not actually a promo code. You just swipe up on the link um, every time I post it on my story and you can get um, 10% off. Awesome. Awesome. All right. This is my closing question. Do fighters care about betting lines? About betting lines? Yep. Do you care whether or not you care what your betting line is on your fight? I know. I don't, I don't get my way to look at it, but if I do see it, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm on the dog again. <laughs> yeah, I don't get my way to look at it, but yeah, sometimes you will see it and you're like, well, okay, fair enough. But you know, um, I like I like people to lose money when they bet, <laughs> bet, bet wrong on me. <laughs> so that's why you make money, bet on you. All right. Well, you've been super gracious with your time. No worries, mate. I appreciate it for sure. Um, All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Linton the Swarm Vassell. Like I said, super stand-up guy. Really enjoyed talking to him. Have talked to him since then. He's going to come on before his next fight, which is hopefully in the November, December time frame. You know, if, again, you don't want to talk about anybody's job, but if these fights get really busted up or somebody gets hurt or has to need you know replacement or anything like that following the heavyweight grand prix this weekend it'd be really cool to see him step up you know the guy's obviously in great shape he's he's ready to go you heard him he's chomping at the bit he's ready like as he said to just get in there and smash so he's definitely worth a follow on uh, on social media and you know he's he's part of a lot of great causes he does a lot of charitable work by all means Let's rally around them as the Fistful of Cash community and, you know, try to support these guys that are willing to come on the show and talk with us and, you know, shed some insight into what it's like being a professional athlete. I had a good time talking with them. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview. As far as the show goes, Soup, I'm looking for a big bounce back weekend. I'm excited. You know, it feels like it, 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 it's not that often that you and I sit down and we're in like a pretty good collective agreement on our picks that we like them. And, you know, we didn't have to argue behind the scenes about them. I feel pretty good about these picks. I think we're going to have a good weekend. Yeah, I agree as well. Um, it is, you know, sports gambling is what it is. Uh, we will bounce back. I'm, I'm sure of it. Trust me, guys. I wouldn't be, you know, giving you advice on stuff that I'm not, playing myself um if i'm willing to put my own money on it i feel pretty confident about it i'm not just going to go out there and throw numbers out there for you guys um i like these games i think we've got a good chance at going three and one if not four and oh this weekend so 
that's I guess not three and one and four now. I guess we're doing five NFL and five college, so ten picks. Um, I was thinking just the four normal NFL picks, which is where we need to bounce back from college. We haven't had a losing weekend yet. It's been at worst two and two, so I'm not worried about college. We've got that narrowed down. The NFL, the first couple of weeks is always the toughest to play. You got to see how teams shape out, and I, f- I think we're f- we're finally getting to see that. And uh, I, I think this will be a good weekend for us. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good bounce back spot. I'm excited for this weekend. Real quick, you know, obvious disclaimer: this is a podcast that's based upon two guys that like to gamble, and we're giving what we like and why we like it. Bet at your own discretion and do so responsibly. We are not financial advisors. We are not professional handicappers. We are just telling you what we're going to be playing this weekend and why we're going to be playing it. Outside of that, I'm signing off. These last couple episodes have been longer than I like them to be, so I'm going to go ahead and sign off. Take care, everybody. Good luck to you. Be well, and I will see everybody on Tuesday if I don't talk to you on social media between now and then. Take care, everybody. Absolutely, guys. We'll we'll, uh, see you on Tuesday. As always, clear eyes, full fist, can't lose.